Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Man, we got so many neat little fightful intros. What's up, everybody? It is Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. That's right. I don't know what day pay-per-views are on anymore, but it's Saturday, November 26, 2022. This is Fightful Wrestling. This is your review of survivor series war games 2022 i'm will washington and i am joined by my partner in crime that you see me with on a lot of podcasts these days it's miss denise salcedo it's rob van denise i don't know why okay i said that okay but hey i'm so happy to be here especially because we're both accidentally dressed the same what are the chances of both of us showing up in red and also i think this means we've joined the bloodline we're feeling oozy will we're feeling oozy we're feeling oozy except mine's not quite the bloodline it's it's mariah carey here look at that there we go that's right one sleeve says mariah carey the other says merry christmas that's how nothing yeah plain old denise over here but welcome everybody this is Fightful Wrestling's review of Survivor Series. And hey, want to make sure that you get your words here in on this show uh, because donating a super chat is the best way to support what we do here on Fightful. Also, Humper Chats, I'm going to try to get to every single one of them tonight. I know it's a running gag that an episode of a Fightful podcast won't go by without Will Washington missing one. I'm going to try my best not to miss any uh, Humper Chats. Super Chats I'm a little bit better about, except I missed one today on Grapsity. But uh, Humper Chats, I'm going to try and keep my eye on every single one of them. Uh, if you don't know how to donate a Humper Chat, that's at HumperChats.com. And then your Super Chats are sent at YouTube.com slash Fightful. But this was an interesting show, right? Because War Games has been something that traditionally has been associated with, um, I mean, in the old days, it was associated with WCW. Uh, it eventually got resurrected by NXT, except in a very, very different form. 
Um, AEW's had their crack at it with blood and guts, but this is really the first time that WWE's main roster has had a crack at war games. So how did war games stack up? You know, it's funny was there was no pre-show, anything along those lines. This was really a compact show for that sold out Boston TD garden crowd. Uh, and it was really all about war games or as green Vega club says bacon. Don't know the context there, but thank you. Everybody uh, <laughs> loves bacon, Will. Come on. That's true. It's actually what I'm having for breakfast tomorrow, right before after the week. So, uh, oh, no, because we're starting early tomorrow. Uh, so that means that I don't get to have my my breakfast. That said, oh, the, wait, wait, wait. First off, Denise, you're on location right now. You are not in your normal Denise Salcedo setting. I don't see a belt behind you. I don't see any of your normal backdrop. Where are you, Denise? I'm in Canada, eh? Actually, you know what's sad? I haven't heard not one person say A here in Canada. And I've been here for like three days. I haven't seen a Mountie. I haven't seen anybody say A. I haven't heard anybody go a boat. Like all the stereotypes that I knew of Canada, or not, I don't know if those are considered stereotypes. I don't know. But everything I had heard about Canada is not actually happening here in Canada. So Sorry, what you have... What? You, what you have to do is you have to go outside with a hockey puck, and then if you just drop it on the ground, they all swarm on it with sticks. It happens immediately. <laughs> then you'll know that you are truly in Canada. Exactly. So I feel like I need someone to do that because if not, I'm not going to feel like I had the full Canadian experience yet. And I've also been too chicken to try the ketchup fries. I bought them, but I haven't actually eaten them because I'm kind of terrified. Why are you terrified? Because I've never had ketchup fries. I mean, I'm ketchup chips, excuse me. Oh, I was going to say ketchup fries. Did I say fries? Like, you did. I'm like, oh. you mean fries? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry, I meant, I meant chips. See, my brain won't even function. They're, it's like, no, ketchup chips are not a thing. It's got to be ketchup and fries. So, yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. I have never had ketchup chips. Ah, but you're enjoying your vacation otherwise. Yes. And I showed up to work, not like SRS. I didn't even show up to work. I know he's on location. He's off in North Carolina. Can't pretending be to work, okay? Pretending. He's just socializing. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what a lot of these events are. Like, we get work done. We do. But a lot of our work is social. Like not me. I I show up and I work. If if talking to you, Will, is not gonna make me money, I am going to be talking to you. You get me? Like, who? I'm not just saying you specifically. I'm saying everybody. Sure. I go to make money. I know, I, I'm not saying we're not going to make money, right? But, like, if I'm doing a podcast on location, for example, I'm getting paid for that, likely. But I'm also just, like, shooting the shit with my friends and talking about pro wrestling. That shit is great. If I'm doing an interview when I'm on location, again, Interviews aren't work to me. I'm having great conversations with people. Yeah, that... but you just proved my point, though. You're doing an interview because the interviews make you money. You're doing the podcast because they make you money. Yes, they do. <laughs> but but it's fun. Like it's it's one of those love what you do kind of things. And as long as I'm continuing to love doing it, I'm going to keep doing this. Hey, we got. Uh, let's see. We'll look at Chris, who says, I love the War Games ending with Jay and Sammy hugging it out. P.S. Denise, again, great interview with BJJ Black Belt Danielle Kelly. Uh, she won her match and proved BJJ superior to Sambo. 
Yeah, she's great, man. She's definitely someone that I've been enjoying talking to. So I'm very happy that I've gotten to interview her twice now. Um, Denise, uh, so Ryan Lambert says, Denise420 says, I just burnt Los Tamales. Y'all have a snazzy show. Oh, uh, I love that accent, Will. You got it. You're like, Los Tamales. Come on, Will. I mean, look, it, I think you it got it. You sounded pretty good. I think it has been from, uh, I will say what, Thanksgiving now was two days ago? Two days ago. And so Christmas music has been in effect for the last two days. And I have probably heard Feliz Navidad for the last, uh, <laughs> I would say at least once an hour for the last two days, right? So like, um, the first time you hear it as an American, you're probably like, oh, Prospero Año y Felicidad. And now it's like, Prospero Año y Felicidad. Okay, uh, and I heard it from a Spanish speaker. Look at that. That's how we do it here. Uh, and let's see. Jofus15 says, someone referred to Sammy as Vanilla Oose in the press conference chat, and it's now burned into my brain. That rules. Um, guys, I want you to help Denise feel acclimated in Canada, though. So um, if you do donate a super chat, you need to include either an oot or an a in all of your super chats uh, coming in for the uh, rest of the show. Um, well, we'll excuse throwback seven or nine seventy eight uh, because he probably didn't get that in time. But he said did the crowd at the garden translate the TV at times. It felt like it was electric then stale. Did the hype of past war games live up to this show? Um, I mean, I'll tell you that for me, war games is one of my favorite concepts i i am with a lot of people in that war games 92 is one of my all-time favorite matches um i didn't see it till way later mainly because same because i was uh, born that year oh yeah for so for me it was i was really into wrestling as a five-year-old um i was five that year but we didn't get to watch like we watched pay-per-view scrambled um i didn't see my first pay-per-view like actually ordered until I was like 12, uh, but for the most part, I watched everything in Scramble Vision. So all I heard was loud crowd screaming and commentary, and maybe I could catch a little glimpse of something. Like I remember the the one that stands out to me is King of the Ring 98, Undertaker, ver or no, Kane versus Austin in the main event, the first blood match. And all I can hear is JR screaming, he's bleeding, he's busted open. And I'm like, who? I can't see, but somebody's obviously won this match. And until they finally say Kane won, I had no idea. That's what we did. Poor folks for the win. Ordering pay-per-views. What do we look like? Um, but no, as far as... So I finally saw War Games 92 probably about 10 years ago. And uh, just the electric atmosphere really uh, lived up to all the hype I had heard for all the years. Uh, for all, all the years in the past. And with this being the 30th anniversary of that match, um, I was somewhat hoping a little bit more than just a couple of throwaway lines on commentary that there would be more homages to it like hey paul Heyman has a team here tonight just like he had a team at war games 92 uh but i also recognize that it's just structurally not the same match i know that there's a lot of differences a lot of differences um this match he, the two matches tonight were very much wwe war games it was very much nxt war games we got the uh, 
the the cages on the outside and uh no roof obviously we knew it was kind of going to be because all the footage they show was from previous war games um we didn't think they'd really change it but I was hoping there'd be a little adapting to a main roster setting, but they're clearly happy with theirs. As far as did the crowd hold up, um, I thought the crowd was electric through the first match especially. Um, kind of got down through a couple of matches. Then they started piping in the fake crowd noise for Ronda and Shotzi, um, which like uncanny valley for me. I can just hear it. when It's such a stark difference when they're like, they don't trust the fans to do what they're supposed to do. So let's just start canning in some noise. Um, and of course, Ronda and Shotzi had to be the match they did that for, but everything else just seemed electric and hot throughout the show. So I think uh, they reacted for the right moments for the right spots where they needed to, but did they hold the intensity the entire night? No, they didn't. They didn't hold the energy, but I don't necessarily blame them too much because when you go to you, when you go to an event like this, you are. I, I feel for the most part, I feel for the most part, they just didn't keep the energy throughout, but they did react in the moments that they needed to, like, especially like the AJ Styles Finn Balor match, which I thought was probably uh, hands down one of the best matches of the night, obviously entirely different from the war games and the type of war game matches that, you know, we saw here today, but just like aesthetically, like speaking in terms of just like wrestling period, that was by far the best match. And the crowd, I kind of felt like, and it was obviously because of the way that match was paced out, but the way that it was paced out, you really saw the crowd react exactly when they needed to. And that was definitely something that stood out to me. Well, throwback978 also sent in a Humper chat, said, uh, I was at the show and the crowd at times, this is kind of the same thing, um, it seemed electric. Uh, I thought the triple threat match live was the best match of the night um, as Rousey and Shotzi sadly was forgettable. Um, I don't think it was forgettable because everybody's talking about how bad it was. You don't forget something that was bad on the night. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you get what I mean? Like if something sucks, people want to talk about it. Come on. Yeah, so, and, and so in turn, it's not forgettable. <laughs> uh, and said, uh, took my fiance's son. He had a blast. Much love. I mean, look, taking kids to wrestling shows is one of my favorite things. Um, because they just get so into it and it's uh, it's infectious and you almost want to uh, react the same way they're reacting. Little kids will will scream at the wrestlers and and shout, look, I took my son to last show he went to. There was a battle royal on the show. And the way my son was screaming at wrestlers getting eliminated, like, no, 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 he's behind you. And uh, then you realize you're a really jaded human being and you're like, heart is black and you're not the same anymore you're like my soul is dead and i just can't find happiness in life anymore no i get no? excited oh, no yeah. i'm not Never mind. here <laughs> okay sorry wednesday adams over here <laughs> no but i'm just saying i feel never mind i was gonna say some it takes a little bit more out of me to get that excitement of like ah. okay yeah i don't know go with clearly, the little kid it clearly helps. we were going down two different paths Yes. Lake Lore says, good show, eh? Thank you. You're here. You got it. Uh, my favorite match was the triple threat, and I love the story building of the men's war games match. And Bear Hudson says, this show was great. Started with the opening, then ended with a great main event. On top of that, Michigan humbled Ohio State and made them their bitches. Um, yeah, I know people on the other side of that who were incredibly unhappy i know some ohio fans who their day has been ruined 
uh we got throwback also says just left the garden and on the subway listening on the way home i know what a tuna can feels like thank you for making the right uh the right home great think might have meant ride that's okay uh so let's talk about the show a little bit um although okay tamala asks denise did you get your snack during the ronda match i don't even remember when i got it but probably (laughs) unfortunately although i was pissed because i really needed some tapatio all right, let's talk about the show. Let's get into the let's show. Let's get into it. Okay, Women's War Games opened the show. We kind of knew it was going to open the show. Uh, it was just a matter of were we going to see a pre-show match or anything along those lines. But no, this was one of those shows where you kind of just got exactly what you were going to get. And uh, the Women's War Games match started out. We got a team of Bianca, Alexa, Asuka, Mia Yim, and Becky Lynch, uh, Damage Controls, um, Bailey and Io Sky, Dakota Kai, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. On the other side of things, uh, this match saw Team Bianca had uh, the advantage, correct? No, 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 no. Team, no, damage control. It was the, the heels. Yeah, it was the yeah, heels. heels had, had the advantage, advantage right, for the women's damage control. Becky was the last one in. That's right. Uh, so, Denise, I'm going to start with you. How did you feel about this match? All right, so I need to start off by prefacing that uh, I thought that both War Games matches had something good and something that I thought needed some work in. So for the women's, I thought that they outdid the men in terms of the action, but I thought that the men outdid the women in terms of the storytelling, especially rather the end of the match. But focusing here on the women, though, um, there was a lot that I liked. Obviously, I'm more of a bigger fan of having the heels have the advantage in the war games match. To me, it just makes a little bit more sense. But I'm not even going to get into that whole argument since I know that's a whole argument that people have already had on social media and whatnot. Um, but there was a lot that I did enjoy in this match. So I'm going to start off with what I enjoyed more and then afterwards to run down some of the things that I think that they could have worked on a lot better. And uh, first and foremost, I was so happy to see Bianca Belair kick off this match because you know usually you see your uh, your best workers kick off the War Games match. That's usually what you see go down. And Bianca Belair being one of the women that, to kick this off, I, I appreciate it because not only is she like the team captain, but also, you know, we've talked about Bianca Belair essentially being kind of on the run of her life right now. Like Bianca is really setting this whole new bar uh, each and every single time that she goes out there. So there was a lot that I liked in there. Um, Seeing Becky Lynch come back. Becky Lynch being a you know, finishing it off with the leg drop uh, onto the table. I thought that was a phenomenal finish for the match. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I love the way that they paced out every single person that was coming in for this, where you saw your uh, tag team champions, where you saw EO and Dakota literally come out uh, back to back from each other. I loved all of that. The one thing, and I'm going to start getting into the criticisms here because I feel like that's where I need to go now. Also, shout out to Nikki Cross. Shout out to Nikki Cross because she did a freaking phenomenal job. She had a lot of really high risky spots that she did. And she was also the first person to bring in the weapon. So good. But that leads me to what I didn't like about this match. And what I didn't like about it was, and this also happened in the men's war games. Okay. So 
you know, the war games that we used to see back in WCW, one of the things that I think really attracted people to those is that they're so chaotic, Will. Like, there's so much shit going down. At some point, you even had, whether it was commentary saying, like, oh, look what's happening here. Oh, but yeah, did you see what's happening in this ring? Here. Uh, there was moments where you'd have, you know, double screens because you're, there's just so much going on that, you know, you can't really keep up with everything, right? And that was the one thing I didn't like from both the women's and the men's war games for WWE here today was that I feel like it's too much of, okay, because these are the two people right now that are doing something in this match. Everybody else is not doing anything. You see a lot of laying around. At one point, there was a clear shot of Dakota Kai just standing there, literally looking around. And I'm like, God damn, guys, work the camera so you at least don't see that, right? But that was my biggest pet peeve of this was that it was very obvious where it was kind of like a roundabout of okay this is the spot for these people so you guys maybe throw a couple of punches but there's nothing much else going and that was very obvious in both the men's and the women's so for me that was something that did take out of it uh the other one and I know this is something that we can't do and I'm probably going to complain about this all the time and that's the blood I'm just going to be real with you I need the blood okay I need the blood I know it sounds awful but it's part of war games it it's just to me I need the blood okay I also feel that they need to work the match the matches differently because in terms of these ones okay past war games will and you have a better memory than I do but past war games all of them felt very different like all of them were distinct from each other in terms of different storytelling and even though the men's war games the you know with the bloodline and Sami Zayn and where is his loyalty and all of that even though that was such a huge portion of that I felt that there was a lot of similarities between the men's and the women's matches in terms of the layout I didn't like that they brought in the weapons for the men and the women the exact same way. It was like the third person who comes in, bam, this is the person who brings in the weapons. And I did, I felt like that was a little bit too copy and paste for both the men's and the women's. So I kind of wish that WWE would come up with a different way to incorporate the weapons, right? If they're going to use the weapons, because, you know, prior, you know, in WCW, the weapons was what was in the, you know, what was the ring, whether they took off the turnbuckle or, or, you know, just the cage within itself, right? So I do think WWE needs to come up with a better way to incorporate the weapon so that it's not too similar, especially when you're doing two war games in one night. Because I did feel that was a way that they brought them in too fast. There was a moment where Mia Yim came in where she took way too long to get the weapons into the actual match to the point where I'm like, your teammates are literally out there getting their their asses beat and you're taking forever to get the weapons into the match like get in there like this is supposed to be war right so that was the one those the the couple of things that i didn't like but other than that i thought the action was great in the women's match and that was kind of where i lied on all of that yeah I, i'm with you um in in some regards um i i definitely see what you saw in terms of them not feeling as chaotic as the wcw matches did right like i i do feel like um, kind of some of the appeal was that it's war games. It's it's freaking war. There's so much going on. And really, you're just kind of there to observe. Whereas this really felt like um, kind of more of a spot to spot to spot kind of thing. Uh, and it felt more produced, which is yes. WWE. And uh, so knowing that, though, uh, I still very much enjoyed this match. I think I enjoyed it more than the main event uh, in the sense of, I liked 
just I liked a lot of the action going on. I liked a lot of the spots. I thought some of the spots were very smartly planned. Um, again, not necessarily in the traditional war game sense. I think war games doesn't necessarily need spot planning as much as it just needs um, all out action and, and storytelling within. But when you look at it just as a spot plan match, there was a lot of stuff I liked here. Um, I thought that the crowd hung on every single piece of it and they were just going insane for every little bit. I thought Becky Lynch, uh, for as short of a showing as she had, still got to come in with some damn fire. Uh, I do have concerns because I had, when I gave my predictions, I did say that I thought Team Bianca would win. Um, And I know a lot of people were like, well, if Team Bianca wins, what happens to damage control? And I was like, I don't know. All I know is- That was my prediction too, so I feel you. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I just know Team Bianca's winning. Um, I don't know what the... uh, I mean, it's a good question, but uh, I don't know uh, as far as any of that is concerned. I just knew that this was going to be a night for Bianca to shine, and she did get to shine. It was a night for Io to shine. She got to shine very much. I thought Dakota got to shine. Um, And I thought that, in particular, this was... Becky to have her big comeback babyface moment in a way that uh, she hasn't gotten to have considering she's been back a year and a half and uh, we've all wanted to see Becky be the crowd favorite again and this was where we finally got to see that in action. It was nice to see. I thought this was a really fun match and at the end of the day, the crowd was happy with it. So I'm happy with it. Yeah, and I got to tell you, again, even though I appreciate the storytelling in the men's, I did kind of enjoy the women's war games a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, talking about uh, EO's moonsault. Again, like beautiful. I said. Yeah, beautiful moonsault. Like I said, they got some shine. Uh, and I liked playing up uh, Dakota's experience in the match. That's a big deal because uh, she does have the most experience inside war games. Um, you know, we didn't get much out of Alexa, I felt. Uh, for no, what? they did the spot where she uh handcuffed herself with Nikki, which I did appreciate that because Nikki was like, Don't you think I forgot her? So she's like, I didn't forget, I didn't forget. She's like yelling at Alexa. So I did like that portion, but that was really the main thing that stood out to me because when I think about the the positive things in this match, like I really think about Nikki Cross. Like she's one of the yeah. people that pops up in my brain like a whole lot because she had a really lot of she had a lot of really good moments and they made sure to really highlight her in the sense of, oh, you know, she's so crazy. What is she thinking what is she gonna do you know she's going to the top of the cage and she's just chilling there what is crossing her mind uh that was really great to see uh Bianca it was a lot of the women were going straight after Bianca Bianca was in there you know for a long time and a lot of the focus of damage control was directly to Bianca and you did see that Nikki Cross doing a this the the moment where she took off her jacket and she just started hitting everyone with her jacket that was great too uh they teased or they had not teased but they did have the moment where they had that confrontation between EO and Asuka and that was really good too because I I liked how they set that up and you knew instantly the second Asuka was next you were like oh they did this so she can have this moment with EO with uh with EO Sky so that was really good too um and then I'm trying to think of some more other moments that I really enjoyed from this. Now that I think about, I'm trying to remember what I liked from Rhea Ripley in this. I don't think anything is really popping out at this moment for uh, Rhea Ripley. She I think really it- just had the, the the domination spot because when she came in, uh, you know, she came. She was the last member to enter from the the heel side of things, and I really feel like she 
she came in and dominated. Um, there was a lot of spots where she took people down, and I feel like that was really what she was kind of there to be and to do. And Mia Yim, I wish they would have let her uh, show a little bit more of her agility as well. I think that was one of the things I think they could have incorporated to that. And it's only because I'm like, I've seen the stuff that she got to do recently and impact in like these big gimmick matches that they were doing for the women. So I do know what Mia Yim can offer a little bit more. So I would have liked to see that uh, a little bit more in this particular matchup here. But that was kind of where I was at for the uh, women's war games. I would definitely shout out Bianca and Nikki. And clearly, I would say those two for me were like the highlights of of the match. Uh, let's see. We have some super chats. Uh, Graham B says, Gets, get punched once, sells for two minutes. I mean, <laughs> we did see a little bit of that. Uh, Steph, the writer says, I really hope they continue some of the women's feuds started in war games. I think they would. I think that that's, uh, kind of the nature of what war games is, is, uh, kind of an amalgamation of a lot of programs going on at once. I, I can absolutely see them, uh, moving off on their own. Orion Ben six, six, six says Dakota was the MVP. A eh? she took every move. Ouch. Or I suppose I should say, ooch, if we're going uh, Canadian here, um, Dream Ninja 77 says, I like the women's war games best, but the men's war games had the best storytelling. Everything good except the Ronda match. I was entertained tonight. And uh, Orion Ben 666 says, So, A, eh, uh, when do they pull the pin on Asuka versus EO? That's obviously a feud a lot of people want to see. Um, and that's, I can absolutely see that being one of the next major programs. I, I, you know, it's tough, right? Because damage control, again, doesn't look great coming out of this. And they are the tag team champions. It doesn't really seem like coming out of it, there is necessarily a tag team program ready for them coming out of it. And that's a concern. Right. I get you completely on that one. It's the same. And then also, you've got to think about all the Alice Bailey has been taking to Bianca. And, you know, there's just a lie going there. That's yeah. not really in the favor of damage control. So I do hope they get some stuff under control. Well, I I will say, Denise, that I hope in... Uh, so you watch this because you're on vacation, of course, right? But yeah. you're lo logged into well, your... I was going to say, I booked this vacation when Vince McMahon was still running the company. So I wasn't <laughs> planning on watching Survivor Series. But everything changed. So here I am. Well, either way, I hope in uh, watching and, and using your account, you're obviously using your, your Peacock account on the go. Um, I hope that you're making sure that you're using a VPN. Oh, I honestly definitely am. You don't even know I am. Well, that's great. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Block online trackers, annoying pop-up ads. Unlock geoblock content. Maybe you missed the WWE Network. Maybe you want that AEW Plus. Maybe you want to subscribe to overseas services so you can get UFC pay-per-views at a reduced rate. Well, NordVPN.com slash Fightful allows you to do that. And you can do it with four months for free with that link. Not only that, you get your 30-day money-back guarantee as well. Just in case you don't like it for any reason. It works on all of your devices so you can do this stuff wherever you are. Maybe you're on that unsecured Wi-Fi at the airport, the hotel. Yeah, it can be dangerous. Your info is at risk. 
but you can still gain access to all that stuff. Check out all of your favorite shows or maybe shows you haven't discovered before with nordvpn.com slash Fightful. Now with multiple tiers so you can get whatever services that you want. nordvpn.com slash Fightful. So we went backstage and we saw, uh, first off, we recapped some of the stuff from SmackDown that saw Jay Uso spying on the conversation between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I mentioned on Grapsity this week. I'm not a huge fan of stuff like that, mainly because you can't, I mean, I say you can't have it both ways, but WWE has it both ways, so whatever. But uh, backstage segments genuinely and generally acknowledge the camera usually wrestlers will talk directly into the camera so we have an established precedent that wrestlers know the camera is there and so nothing has annoyed me more over the last 35 years of watching pro wrestling than people thinking they're having private conversations with a camera that's clearly positioned directly in front of them and well you gotta <laughs> suspend your disbelief okay no i yeah, I struggle you so you much have, with that. You have to. You have to. I feel like, no, I, I, I get it. I get where you're coming from, but I feel like we've just had so much of it that you have to, you know, suspend your disbelief. I'll give credit to Impact because Impact over the years has done a really good job of uh, pretty much it's been a staple of Impact for like 10 years of like, hey, cameraman, go hide behind a corner and peek out in a way. So like at the very least, we can assume that the wrestlers don't know they're there but like when it feels like there's a giant ass lighting crew right in front of them and again if it were filmed like any other tv show where we don't know the cameras are there that's one thing but then like when we do backstage interviews they all acknowledge the camera so again it's one of those have it both ways kind of thing i hate those segments but in this case i like what took place in it so i can't be necessarily mad at it um i do there's a piece of me that is like, why didn't that poor cameraman, you know, at least just point out to Sammy, like, hey, Jimmy's right behind you, just so you know, he's or Jay's right behind you, he's he's watching all of this, whatever. So we got these backstage segments. That's the best- not going to happen. Like I, I still, I always tell that story of when freaking Kane set Jim Ross on fire, and I remember yelling, "Why isn't the cameraman doing anything? There's a man <laughs> being burned alive." Okay. You, I learned as a kid, the cameraman ain't gonna do shit. Do something. I don't know. Anyway, so we got these backstage segments and uh, with Roman. Uh, we started with Roman and Jay. The best part of these segments is Paul Heyman in the background, like a statue with both belts on his shoulders. I was, Not... thinking, I was gonna tweet that. Oh, he looks like a statue, so thank you for saying that. That he didn't move whatsoever throughout these segments. I think he maybe shifted his eyes a couple of seg- or a couple of times. But for the most part, in these backstage segments we got with the bloodline, Paul Heyman just sitting in the background. I thought it was a picture at first. And I'm like, nope, that's really Paul Heyman. He's not moving through this whole segment. This is actually really good. So this that's one of those absolutely for me kind of things uh but that led us into the next match we saw aj styles take on finn balor the battle of the former bullet club leaders uh we're not necessarily going to say the name fully but did they say it at all i don't feel like they did maybe they said did. what bullet club um, uh i don't recall if they said it i know the channel let me know they if did. they did either way uh, i mean they acknowledge their history and that's I suppose the most important part through it all. But 
uh, Finn Balor versus AJ Styles. This is a match that we saw back at TLC 2017, and uh, it was a match that really delivered at that time. And here we have, okay, and they're saying they did say it. Okay, thank you. See, I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't going to go Sorry, one way or the I other unless I was certain. I tend to talk <laughs> while I'm watching wrestling, so I don't always hear commentary. Because <laughs> <laughs> there'll be times where I'm like watching and I'm like saying my thoughts out loud, you know? Either way, it was a battle of the former Bullet Club leaders. Um, of course, a lot is talked about of their Bullet Club history, but like those who like really followed it, it never really like overlapped too much. No, so, they didn't um, cross paths really. Yeah, no. and so that's one of those, I think it's cool. But either way, last time these two had a match, it was uh, one of the best uh, matches, I think, of 2017. It was one of my favorite matches of the year. Um, and it happened on incredibly short notice. So I was really looking forward to seeing what these two were going to do with, uh, uh, it's sorry, I'm getting notes passed to me. They said Bullet Club and Finn's tag team with the, uh, Taguchi. Thank you. Um, but either way, this, I didn't like it as much as the 2017 match. I'll say that much. Uh, which is funny because that match was on incredibly short notice. It was like Bray Wyatt is out. We need AJ Styles in, and they came together and just put that match together, and it was, uh, for lack of a pun, um, phenomenal. But I like this. It was good. It was good. What did you think, Denise? See, here's the thing, and I feel like this is this is this is good. The fact that I don't have as much to give for this match is a good sign, and you want to know why? Because this was freaking enjoyable to me. This was literally just. Finn Balor, AJ Styles, two guys that know how to do wrestling very, very flawlessly and know what the frick they're doing. So when they go out there, they just have this very nice, really good pro wrestling match that is very well, very well wrestled. Does that make sense? Like what I'm trying to say here? Like, because there wasn't anything in this that was bad. I no. thought everything was good. Everything was beautiful. Like my favorite, uh, my favorite part, uh, and I'm blanking right now, but there was a moment where, uh, I think it was AJ. Yeah, AJ had Finn Balor in a calf crusher. And then Finn Balor literally just started smashing AJ Styles' face. Or was it the other way around? Hold on. I'm thinking right now. Smashing his face down into the mat. And it was just one of those things where I was like, oh, shit, that was pretty freaking good. And sorry, I may have that backwards. I didn't write any notes for the show. But That's that right. was one of the things that I really enjoyed throughout this match was just seeing how they uh, went from one thing. To another, And then here's the other thing that I did like, because I was kind of worried that having the Judgment Day and having, you know, Gallus and Anderson, I, I didn't want them to take away from this match. And I feel like most Judgment Day matches, that's what you see. You see so much interference. You see so much of these people getting in the way. And I didn't want to see that for this match. And truthfully... Even though I knew that they were going to have a good match, I was worried because even though they did have the outside interference, they didn't, it was very quick. It was brief. It was like over and, that's and what, done with fast. That's what I was going to say. Where I really felt like this match kicked into high gear and never really let down was pretty much after we got through any of the um, outside stuff with, uh, with Gals and Anderson and with the Judgment Day. I feel like once we were past all of that and like we had a spot, they brawled into the crowd, they disappeared. We didn't see them again. Yeah. And I feel like at that point, 
I thought this match just turned itself on. I thought that it was kind of like, okay, we're having a nice little professional wrestling match between two guys we like. And then once all of that disappeared and they were out of play, then I feel like the match turned itself on and we got the match that I think I was wanting when it was first announced. And that's what I mean about pacing, too, because you notice that as well. You notice them build up to this point. And instead of it being one of those moments, because we've seen matches that, you know, go long and they're like, oh, because it was long, you're supposed to think it's good just because it was long. But there's some matches that are just incredibly boring, but people think they're great just because they're really long. And I'm like, not really. That match was not great. Baron Corbin had that match with Drew <laughs> McIntyre this week. <laughs> there you go. You, okay. Thank you for a perfect example. That match was 17 minutes long. Sorry. All right. I'm not. Okay. I'm thank you. Thank you. But you know what I'm trying? get at right and sometimes it doesn't always happen because not everybody knows how to do those kinds of matches okay and that's what i particularly liked about this one was because that they worked i mean i don't this match wasn't too long i think it was like under 20 minutes still but Mm -hmm. still it was one of those things where it was paced to the point where yeah it had been a minute but it was still it got the crowd in at the exact right moment to where instead of losing the crowd right before building up to the finish, they gained the crowd even more so. Yes. That's what I want to say in terms of like the pacing of this match, uh, really getting just like the interest of the people. And then finally, you know, leading into the finish and all of that. And finally, AJ, God, I I remember everybody sharing like the stat of like AJ literally losing all of these premium live events, excuse me. And then him finally, you know, getting his win tonight. I almost lost faith. I thought he was just going to lose forever. I mean, you should know by now, when WWE starts mentioning stats, it's because they're going to do the other thing. And so... <laughs> uh, oh, no, I meant, I meant like, a, like people on the chat, though. Like, we were, like, uh, on the chat, people mentioning this. Yeah, Did they mention, they mention it on the show? WWE mentioned it. Uh, ah, in the, in the build-up, they mentioned it. And okay. that, that, to me, was the sign. I was like, mm. I think AJ's going to win because WWE usually will avoid mentioning stuff if they're just going to pad the stat but when it comes time to break the stat that's when wwe is like okay we need to make sure you know so that it's a big deal when aj now breaks it um but no i thought that this match and see that's the thing is i liked their previous encounter better but also that was because we were working with two baby faces and just when you have a double baby face style you're dealing with um more of an opportunity to just go uh kind of balls to the wall and excite the crowd whereas this one really built itself up but when you think about where it's positioned that was right for this match because it was positioned after a match that had a really really hot atmosphere really really hot crowd and i think had they just kind of dead dropped this in and just kind of an excited work match i think it probably would have struggled a little bit more but instead they gave the crowd uh the ability to build into it and get into it and then by the time like i said uh the um, OC and Judgment Day were out of play. We got these two at their best. And I thought that uh, it was exciting from, I'd say, middle to end. And when that phenomenal forearm hit, uh, I mean, Finn Balor sells like a damn champ. And we got AJ Styles, yes, with his victory. I, I thought it was good stuff. Um, again, I wasn't complaining about the match. I just said I liked the previous encounter better, but I've also seen that match a hundred times. It's one of those <laughs> things where sometimes if I'm just like, I'm feeling down or something, I need something to lift my spirits. I'm like, damn, AJ Styles on like less than a day's notice wrestled Finn Balor in one of the best matches of the year. I just need to watch that again. Like if I'm ever feeling down about myself, I need to remind myself <laughs> that that motherfucker had one of the best matches of an entire year. <laughs> 
and it was and he didn't have any notice and here i am having to edit a video together and i can't even uh get motivated to get started and i've had two weeks notice to do this so again i was gonna you, say when you're feeling down about yourself you watch something else that somebody else did that was marvelous. Yeah, that's it. If I feel down about myself, I need to remind myself, nah, AJ Styles is out here having matches of the year on no notice. You can definitely type this damn thing up and, and finish this work. So Hey, if he can be phenomenal, I can be phenomenal. Exactly. That's how that works. And if he can believe in Flat Earth, so can I. Nah, uh, so we got... Uh, a couple of super chats uh, about it all. We got Sheldon Jackson. He says, I'm just glad AJ Styles' PLE losing streaks finally ended. It's been too long since he won on a PLE. Crown Jewel 2019 being his last PLE win. And it was against Umberto. Let's put that out there. That I know, put right? out there. I mean, okay. I know this was a hot take at one point. But uh, I'm going to say it now because... It made me angry at the time, and now in hindsight, I still feel it's true. AJ Styles' most recent heel run was a colossal waste of time, and he shouldn't have ever been turned heel. He was top babyface in the company. He was cover boy for WWE 2K19. There was zero, zero reason to turn him heel, especially because, again, I talk about watching things. When you watch things with your kids or with kids in general, you tend to kind of see things through their eyes. At the time, my son's favorite wrestler was AJ Styles. My son wanted AJ Styles action figures for Christmas. Uh, AJ Styles had that year-long title run. Everything was AJ Styles. My son, he wanted the gloves, all of it. When AJ turned heel, not only did he lose my son as far as fandom was concerned, he didn't even care. It wasn't like a, oh, I hate him now. He's my least favorite. Boo, AJ Styles. He just stopped caring. And so seeing it through his eyes, I was like, God, man, at, at least give me something. He got the Boneyard match out of The Undertaker. Uh, we got that moment. But I feel like for the most part, nothing happened through, like, he well, tagged how you dare you? You're telling me that Omaz AJ Styles <laughs> wasn't, like, five-star <laughs> shit? How dare you, Will? The audacity. Like, I'm so glad this man's a baby face again because I didn't think there was an actual justified reason to turn him in the first place. I think he's a guy that fans really want to get behind. He wrestles in exciting style. He has what fans want to see. And on top of that, again, think about when he turned. That was in 2019, which means he didn't win through that run. He didn't win on pay-per-view or premium live event through most of that heel run. We just had to witness AJ Styles as a main event loser. And that, again, I just feel like it was kind of a waste of time. I know. It's a bummer. I, you know, <laughs> we were, unfortunately, just things didn't work out. I remember when we were all thinking that, I mean, this obviously didn't happen for different reasons, but remember when we were all thinking that it was going to be like Styles, Triple H, and unfortunately, I mean, that was a whole different scenario, but still, it was just, there was so much that I think we wanted to see from AJ or involving AJ, but it was like, no, instead, let's pay attention to AJ and Amaz, and that was what we got. And I feel like AJ... <sighs> I feel like they haven't necessarily been using him the way that I think the fans would have liked to see. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we get. And I hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that changes with him being in babyface mode now. And he has been for a few months. So let's let's get something out of this. I don't know. Uh, the next match we saw was. The, the forgettable, unforgettable. 
Dude, this was rough. But, I know. <laughs> but not unexpectedly so. I'll say this. No. Everybody um... <laughs> knew this. Ma- I'm sorry. Everybody knew this match was not going to be good. I put out a tweet, and if you're smart, you knew what I meant by it. I put Ronda Rousey and Shotzi. No, Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi was exactly the match I expected it to be. Period. She expected five stars. She got it, folks. Uh, and we saw SmackDown Women's title on the line. Ronda Rousey Shayna, uh, with Shayna versus Shotzi. Um, yeah, this was rough. Uh, it wasn't long, so I'll give them that. Uh, of course, Fightful Select uh, put out a report uh, in the, if you didn't see the notes, this is why you got to subscribe to Fightful Select. We got the good scoops. Uh, we, of course, had the note in there that there were extras brought in for this match. So you knew you were going to get a spot involving some extras. What was it going to be? It turned out it was the uh, the crowd spot that featured Ronda and uh, Shotzi. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, I said on Grab City today, would you be against... The idea of because like you watched SmackDown this week, right? So like, I missed SmackDown this Friday. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm on. Vacation. Sorry, this this lady's having a vacation here. It's fine. But on SmackDown this week, we saw Becky Lynch make her comeback. We saw a segment that featured um, both of the uh, War Games teams, and it really felt again like it always does. Bianca Belair feels like a champion. She feels like the champion. The problem is there's another champion on SmackDown. <laughs> and to me, even though Ronda Rousey's a star, and I'll never deny that she is a star. Guys, I play Mortal Kombat. She's Sonya Blade. She's a star, okay? Her title and defenses like this kind of feel a little bit like, like if you tomorrow just decided to rename the WWE SmackDown Women's title to the WWE Women's Intercontinental Championship, I'd be okay with that because I, I think at a certain stage you, you that's can't a hot just, take. Will you can't just kind of tear these things out at this point because it really does feel like Raw's women's division has everything, and SmackDown's women div- women's division has this, and you know maybe bringing Becky back on SmackDown was kind of a sign that she'll probably be headed in that direction and. There's rumors that she's going to be facing Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania, so maybe that'll help spice this division up. But, man, Ronda Rousey and Shotzi was not it. And this did not feel like a match worthy of the top championship in a division on a big four show. And we're surprised? I mean, don't book it if uh, if that's going to be the case. Okay, there's a lot to break down here, Will, when it comes to this. And I hate to sound like Miss Know-It-All, but I did expect this match to not be good. And the only reason for that is the last couple of matches we've been seeing Ronda in have not been good. Uh, Shotzi, unfortunately, has not had a very... I don't know what the right word to say is, but the her it just hasn't been really connecting, I think. Uh, some of her matches either and so when I saw that it was going to be Shotzi and Ronda it was just one of those things where I knew that it was not going to be good based on previous matches that we have seen both Ronda Rousey and Shotzi involved in okay and so it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out and so 
this match itself, and it's unfortunate because the biggest, there's multiple things here that are kind of wrong with this. The problem with SmackDown is that it is slim pickings in terms of they haven't built any women to be credible enough to even face Ronda Rousey, even if Ronda wasn't the champion. If they had, I don't know, somebody else's champion. Even when, when Bianca Belair was champion on SmackDown, uh, Bailey was really the only option for her at the time. They didn't have anybody else for her. And so we're seeing the exact same thing now. Now it's just happening to Ronda Rousey and Ronda Rousey can have, you know, good matches when she's in there with somebody that is, you know, able to, or where she's in there with bigger stars. Okay. When she's in there with people that are a little bit more experienced, she's able to have these good matches, I feel. And, uh, I unfortunately think that Ronda Rousey's reign has not, and I like Ronda Rousey. I'm a fan of Ronda Rousey. I respect and admire everything that she's done, uh, period in her career but i will say this though i think that her 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 championship run has been not anything special it has been very very lackluster uh i feel like you could easily forget about it and i wouldn't say go and eliminate the smackdown women's championship i'm just saying Fill that roster up, build some women up, uh, spice up Ronda Rousey, uh, and just add to it. I wouldn't say make it the Intercontinental Women's Championship or something like that. No, keep the title. That's fine. But it's one of those things where I just feel like... This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap. Play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's Ronda freaking Rousey, you know? She's the big freaking mainstream star. We This should not be happening. And I'm not even talking about the match yet. 
The match was not good. And <laughs> no, I get okay. Not good. And what's worse is that they were trying to tell the story that Shotzi was supposed to be like the the person that was not gonna give up. Like, oh my god, we know she can't beat Ronda Rousey, but my god, she's not gonna give up. And that's the story they were trying to tell. But unfortunately, Shotzi hasn't uh, built up that repertoire with the fans, where the fans were going to react that way um, for Shotzi in that position. On top of that, there there were some spots during this that were just not good. What the hell happened in that freaking tornado that attempted the DDT, DDT on the apron? What was that? <laughs> oh my god! I can't okay, even explain so, what happened. So it was almost like I I can't really I won't put words in anybody's mouth here, but it feels like they discussed a spot that neither was truly committed to um or particularly ronda it felt like ronda wasn't fully committed to going all the way down on that spot dev ronda uh, i'll say shotzi went for it shotzi um at least fully i don't went think down. ronda <laughs> trusted shotzi that's my like opinion my outsider opinion just yeah. based on what we saw but of course i feel like ronda has enough power to say that's not going to work for me brother but like to Go through with it and not fully commit, I think, was the worst option imaginable. Look, as far as Ronda's concerned, to me, all I could think throughout this match was that Ronda feels... Ronda was able to capture magic in a bottle in that 2018 to 2019 run. She just was. It felt like Ronda came in uh, when she debuted at the 2018 Rumble and... Uh, I don't know. There was something about those matches. She had that first match, the tag match with um, Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie. And again, one of the best matches that year. And she just felt like somebody who was so natural at it. Just every match we saw from her, it was like, damn, she got it. Uh, it just felt like Ronda Rousey was a natural at professional wrestling. And that was a lightning in a bottle run. Because... I am going to say that in 2022, we saw it a little bit at the Royal Rumble where something felt off uh, in the Royal Rumble. It didn't feel like Ronda was all there performance-wise. Something felt a little draggy, but we were like, you know what? She's been off like three years, right? We hadn't seen her since 2019, WrestleMania, and all of a sudden she's back three years later. That's a long time to be off. But, man... I'm still waiting now. I, I was willing to give her a little bit of slack at the Rumble because she had been off. I'm still not seeing it. Maybe there have been a couple of flashes since uh, she's been back. But in 2022, I feel like there's been more duds than uh, And consistent wins. duds. That's even yeah. worse. And, and uh, with this particular match, again, it just didn't feel like the chemistry was there. Uh, even for the story they were trying to tell and her trying to dominate Shotzi throughout, and it was supposed to be kind of a story of resilience for Shotzi, I didn't get any of that at all. Um, and again, because uh, I see somebody in the chat talking about you squeeze out a baby and then wrestle. Again, it's nothing to do with any of that. because Becky Lynch did because it. Because Becky Lynch did it. Look, uh, and I recognize everybody's body's different. What I'm more talking about is just a three-year layoff in general, whether it was three years for having a baby or three years for 
I don't this know. has nothing to do what? with her. No, no. Yeah. Don't even try to turn it into I that know. conversation. <laughs> Hells no. Okay, yeah, no. I said, what? what you're, are, you're, no. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Your analysis of what you're talking about, Ronda Rousey, has nothing to do about whether or not she had a baby. No, no. no. So whoever wrote that, I'm sorry. But no, that has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I, I'm solely talking about, like, I don't care what three-year layoff it is. I'm simply talking about a three-year layoff. And I just don't feel like she's come back with any of that same fire or magic that she had three years ago. And I liked Ronda three years ago. I felt like, damn, this was somebody who who had a lot to show. And when she got in there with Sasha Banks, when she got in there with Alexa Bliss, when she got in there with Nia Jax, when she got in there with, um, with Charlotte, but especially Charlotte, she was proving a lot at that time period. And I have not seen it this year. And I'm sad that I haven't seen it this year. Uh, you know, Sheldon Jackson, um says i feel bad for shotzi because every time she's gotten an opportunity something goes wrong and is always a miss or something feels off yeah unfortunately ever since or not ever since but i think people really started uh focusing it talking about it more after money in the bank because money in the bank unfortunately did not go very well for shotzi and even the aftermath of that did not go well for shotzi and i feel like now it's just it kind of it kind of stuck with her, you know, and that, that really sucks. But that is something that, you know, you can't not bring up, I feel. I feel like it's part of the conversation now when you talk about the work that Shotzi has put out, especially the recent stuff, which, and that sucks, you know. And I think that the the DDT spot on the apron, that was just so, I don't even, like I said, I didn't even know what that was. Um, then there was the whole thing where uh, she where they had the plants on the outside and they did that whole thing. That was rough, man. And that was rough more so because it just, it was not interesting. I don't even know how to explain it, but everything that they did here, unfortunately just did not connect, did not work. And now people I feel have gotten to the point where they're just, I, I was seeing what people were saying on Twitter about this match. And it was one of those things where I feel that, they have lost the crowd, the fans for Shotzi and for Rhonda. Like the crowd just automatically associates them now with not good stuff. Yeah, Some people, yeah. not everybody, but a, a good amount of people based on what I saw on Twitter. I think Becky will be a good shot in the arm for the division for sure. I think, um, and again, just guessing based on the fact that they did her return on SmackDown rather than Raw, I think was probably a sign that they're going to have her working SmackDown um and again if the rumored match going to wrestlemania is uh becky lynch versus ronda rousey and that's a match that again three years ago and by the time wrestlemania hits it'll be four years ago that was the match we wanted to see uh yeah. hopefully it still lives up to some if not any i think it will too because you also have to think about you know ronda rousey is think about the very important thing about this upcoming wrestlemania is to me the location uh and people ronda rousey like you got to understand like people in the la crowd is very into you know celebrities and all of that and the big show thing and ronda rousey is just this you know she's still so you know all of her stuff, all her mainstream stuff, everything that she's done, whether it's an MMA or, you know, even the movie stuff that she's done, like people are still going to react, I think, to Rhonda, uh, especially based off of just that alone. Like people know, oh, she's a big star, so we're going to react to her. Yeah. Uh, we got a Humper chat, um, and this is a, a note we got 
from Taco Biter. It's regarding the uh, press conference, which we just saw. Uh, we didn't get to see it, but there was a Survivor Series press conference. This is a new thing for main roster WWE, a thing that we're kind of used to for um, AEW shows. We're used to it for New Japan shows. Uh, and even NXT, we did at least the post-show calls. Um, this is a new concept for the main roster. And so this uh, question from Taco Biter says, during the post-Survivor Series press conference, every time I see SS, I wanted to say SummerSlam. But I, I was thinking Series. the same, like not yeah. thinking the same thing, but yeah, my brain goes to SummerSlam too. Yep. Uh, Hunter, Becky, and Sammy uh, pulled back the curtain, acknowledging practice, acting, and storyboarding. As a whole, do you think this is uncharacteristic move or... Or do you think this uncharacteristic move is good or bad for WWE long-term? Um, I think it just is. Uh, I think that WWE has, for the most part, done a whole lot of pulling back the curtain. Particularly, I don't know if you guys remember, but um, you should because it was just like a year ago. But WWE Network would run pay-per-views. And then immediately after, we'd see you know, a new edition of WWE 24, which totally pulled back the curtain. Those specials pulled those back all the time. And it's like immediately after. And so they had no problem pulling back the curtain, literally where you're watching the show. So I think even just answering questions like that, I don't necessarily see a problem with that. I know that there's a little bit of a, a mix in desire as far as what people want out of uh, post-show scrums or, or press conferences along those lines. Because, you know, you look at New Japan, when they do press conferences, it's all for building up the show. It is literally everybody's in character. Everybody's doing what's next to basically put on for the next show. With AEW, there's a little bit of a mix where sometimes um, people are answering questions in character. Tony's booking matches here and there. We saw that with Acclaimed uh, and Swerve in Our Glory at All Out. But for the most part, uh, and what they're more famous for is simply answering questions to the media about the show you just watched, whether it's what you saw on screen or what went into making it. And, and so WWE kind of has to figure out their lane as far as these are concerned, because it's a new concept to the main roster. It's clear that they do want to do a little bit of pulling back the curtain. I don't mind pulling back the curtain stuff as long as it's because like Chris Jericho struggles with this kind of stuff where Chris Jericho will have a match with somebody and then he'll do the media scrum and talk about how great of friends they are. And I'm like, man, okay. It was just like <laughs> half an hour ago. I just saw you have a match with somebody. Can you like just avoid that topic a little bit? Cause See, I don't want to. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all. Uh, and that's the thing I remember. So on Instagram, I posted a clip and I'm not going to say what was said on the clip, but it was Jericho talking about MJF. And he said some things, right? Peeled back that curtain. And uh, there were so many people arguing on that video. Like, so many people were pissed off. I can't believe Jericho said this. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was bad. Like, there was a lot of argument about how people felt about how Chris Jericho... It, it was a question where I asked Jericho about his thoughts on MJF's return. And he basically gave me an answer. And people did not like that answer whatsoever. And uh, but, but here's the thing, though. Chris Jericho, his media scrums are the most watched media scrums that... Uh, a person that continuously does them. So you know how there's people that rarely do them and then there's people that do them consistently. We've seen a lot of Jericho scrims. His numbers, always great. Always great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 
it's it's tough for me because uh, I I didn't mind the MJF stuff because he was like a year removed from feuding with MJF anyway. But like when he was uh, after he had the match with Brian, and then he's like, yeah, so talking about Brian, you know, me and Brian, you know, we got together and we said we want to do this and this. And I'm like, okay, we just saw the match. See, like, that doesn't we? bother me. <laughs> Why would it bother me? Like, it doesn't bother me at all. I understand what pro wrestling is, you know? I right. understand you know, for me, it doesn't bother me. I like that stuff because it, to me, hearing Jericho talk about this and talk about, for example, his match with Brian Danielson and how they work and piece things together. To me, I take that as like learning, like information that I'm learning. Okay. This is, you know, going into my brain and I'm learning more about the business just by hearing somebody like Chris Jericho talk about it. But I understand that a lot of people do not like that. I feel if you don't like that, then maybe just like stray away from it a little bit yeah i mean i i just think that um i think there's a, a there's a middle ground here where i think there's a line to toe where you can peel the curtain back i don't think answering questions about storyboarding or anything along those lines is a bad thing i think as long as you're not I just don't want to dismantle literally what we just watched. That's the only thing. I right? just give me that for like See, that, one, give that, me that though. for a month. Um, okay, if you watch a match, Will, that is so freaking great, and then afterwards you got some information that maybe you could have done without, right? Does that ruin the match for you? Is it still not a good match? It's gonna be a good match regardless, right? I don't think it takes away. In fact, I think it adds to it in a different way. Ah, uh, somewhat. I feel like. See, even Until, we're arguing about this. Yeah, well, so the way I feel is that I want to, at the very least, while fans are trying to stay invested in something, I'm not ready to necessarily peel back the curtain on that. I think that's something I'm always willing to do in hindsight. I think that when I know a program is over, when I know that a feud is over, and Jericho versus Brian, by the way, as an example, not only is not over, but is that whole feud is still fucking going. But... um the and so that's one of those things where i i want to keep fans invested in it and i feel like it's really hard to do that when you're essentially kind of breaking it down i i would rather that be done in hindsight when it's all over and that's my only thing that's that's my feeling on it but when i'm in the midst of it i don't necessarily want there to be any footage in existence of somebody talking about working together with this person or them being, you know, a great person they can rely on in the ring. I don't want to hear none of that while the program's still active. Once it's behind me. I disagree, me, Will. Yeah, okay. I disagree. <laughs> I, can, I can separate the two things. I can come, come, come purple. Well, I ain't the one, with the, you, I ain't the one with the YouTube channel. I I ain't the one with a YouTube no, channel that benefits from without, this content. With, with or without my YouTube channel, okay. okay? I'm not just being a jerk because of this. No, <laughs> I legitimately feel this way. Like, okay. I love knowing this type of information. That's what I'm saying. I just feel like, yeah, it, it depends on the person and how you feel about this. Because even look at us, Will. Me and you are on different sides on this. I'm okay with it. I can separate the two. And I will be fine watching and continuing seeing this feud, for example, with Jericho and Brian Danielson. And I will be fully invested with you know regardless of before and after hearing jericho say what he had to say so to answer your question taco biter um i undecided (laughs) agree to disagree yeah i i I don't know it's uh because he sent in another super chat um and this one let me get this one up on the screen thank you taco biter it says bram 
Uh, during the press conference, Bianca stated her ideal opponent for WrestleMania would be Rhea or Charlotte, and she'd love to be the closing match on night two. <laughs> Not a... Uh, look, I, I <laughs> Will, what was that reaction? That is that reaction was, um, look, if we're I, look, the rock. I, look, I know if the rock is in play because I love Bianca, I think uh, I was telling my guests tonight, I had people over for survive series. We ate Chinese food. It was great. But, uh, I was telling my guests at the time, I think Bianca Belair is the greatest women's wrestler possibly of all time. Um, she is having an all timer run and, uh, I don't think. It's, it's hard to think that she can do any wrong. But I think as we keep hearing rumors of Stone Cold now wanting to possibly be involved in WrestleMania, John Cena is now, there's word that he's going to be involved. It's been rumored that The Rock's going to be Paul, there for quite the some Rock. time. I could put Bianca above Logan Paul on a card. Uh, it no, would be I know what you mean, but let's say, because Logan Paul wants to, do, wants to wrestle uh, John Cena. Yeah. So if we get John Cena, Logan Paul... You don't think that could be a main event on a, a WrestleMania night one or two in Los Angeles? Keep in mind the biggest city where they have the most influencers and all these people that know uh, the Paul brothers and everything. And John Cena is freaking huge because, you know, he's in Hollywood. Um, and again, it says night two. Like night two, night one I could probably see. Um, night two, that one's a little bit tougher. Uh, but the question is, which opponent do you feel would be better? I'd love to see Bianca versus Rhea personally. Uh, that's not a main event. Main event. Um, I think if you're going to go that Wait, direction. Wait, what match did you say is not a main event? Uh, Bianca and Rhea. Um, I think that could be a main event match. If yes, WrestleMania? I think, can, I think it can get there. Well, maybe not for a night two, though. A night one, if they want to do, I can see it. If it gets super hot, I can see it. If he gets um, but if we have, an, but let's say we have Rock and Roman, right? And let's say we have Logan Paul, John Cena, and let's say we have Austin against, well, pretty much anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, it will be a lot harder. But I feel like right now, I, I don't know. I can see it though. I don't see for WrestleMania in Los Angeles. And again, I also love Rhea Ripley. I don't think she's that name for a WrestleMania main event. Um, I don't think she has the pull that a that Charlotte's name has, that Becky's name has, that Sasha Banks's right. name has. It, Rhea's just not that name. I don't see Rhea... I don't see... It, I'm not saying it's not a Mania match, but I am saying that I don't think it's a Mania main event. And uh, Charlotte, fair. I think, could be. I think Becky absolutely could be. Um, and they've had those WrestleMania matches. Sasha obviously mm-hmm. was. What if they were What if they were to do again, Bianca, Sasha? Oh, that'd be amazing. Um, the, as a main event, I could see that. As uh, a main, main event again. Any, I can yeah. see that main event again. Speaking of which, we didn't talk about, I mean, there was so much in the air as far as, and I said this, I said, you know, I was one of the people predicting weeks ago that Sasha would be involved in SummerSlam or Survivor Series. I knew I was going to do it again. Uh, involved with Survivor Series. But I also said that, uh, you know, WWE's not dumb. They knew there was literally a big Sasha Banks sign in main camera view the entire show. They knew what fans were going to expect tonight. And I think bringing Becky back on SmackDown was a really smart move in tempering expectations. I I felt like the worst thing they could have done was left a surprise open tonight. And luckily, they weren't dumb enough to do that uh, because I think it helped. Nobody expected Sasha at that point. Uh, And 
Also, my, my Sasha meter is like way down. I said on Grap City today, I went from like 90% expecting Sasha to make a WWE return. I'm down to like 30 now. Uh, I, t- I, I, I told you, Will. I told you. You did. You did. But even in general, I'm talking about period now. I'm kind of down to like 30% on a Sasha Banks return. I'm down to five. Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, and that was like at a six before. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, also, so, we didn't talk about the fact that there were We Want Sasha chants today during mm-hmm. Ronda and Shotzi's match. Uh, I, and the thing is, that's... I, I think, like I said, announcing Becky was a... Uh, the smart move in terms of making sure there were no expectations for her in the war games match. But that's not to say that this isn't still Sasha Banks's town. That's not to say that this isn't still Sasha Banks's crowd. And she has some leverage right now. She is in a position to do whatever the fuck she wants. Um, I mean, obviously she still has uh, a contract with WWE and, um, you know, there, there were rumors of terminations, things along those lines. We still don't fully know what the deal is as far as she's concerned. Uh, but I do know that if there were ever a time to bring her back, it was tonight in Boston, and they didn't. So, do you think that if she were to come back that they're saving it for the Rumble? Can you imagine? See, number 30. Yeah. And then but see, I feel like her hometown would have been bigger than the Rumble. I know, I know. But the but the Rumble, it's like everybody, like even casuals tune into the Rumble. Like, come on, you know? Sure. I just, I don't think you would have gotten a bigger moment for her. But than the tonight. viewership, more people, I feel, tune into the Rumble. More people talk about the Rumble. More people are excited for the Rumble. More people want to see what's going to, who's going to appear at the Rumble. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't want to start that know. because yeah, we I don't did. even know. And I'm at, I'm at I'm at five percent that we're gonna even <laughs> see Sasha Banks. So I don't know. Like I said, I'm down to to thirty. I I know that she at least she will be back in a ring. I think that for certain. Um, I just don't know where that's going to be at this juncture. Uh, and so that moves us on in our talk. Let's pull the card back up. Not that there's more than two more matches left. But we now have, uh, oh, and we got a super chat. This one's from Nick the General Mills says, did they explain why Wyatt versus Knight didn't happen? It was never booked. Uh, that's that's an angle that's still going. JJ says, it's possible she's done with wrestling for a bit. I don't know. You see her training uh, every once in a while. And Maybe she just wants to stay fit and not lose the ring rust. Maybe, or I don't know. I, I think she's going Maybe... to do something. I don't Maybe know what it is. Maybe it's just her passion, Will, and she doesn't want to stop doing it. But meanwhile, she's doing a bunch of other stuff. Uh, I mean, we'll see. I, I think we are going to see her in a ring in the next 365 days for certain. Uh, but the question is just where? I don't think I, I don't think she tra- trademarked Mercedes Monet for no reason. And it's a great name, by the way. That's a great freaking name. I think Monet Talks is a great catchphrase. And... Uh, you suck if you're down on that. Denise, are you down on that? No, I'm not down on that. Okay, good. See, Denise doesn't suck. Denise is great. All right. So, <laughs> WWE United States Championship on the line. Austin Theory defeated Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. This was a hoot. This was excellent. Excellent, excellent match. Sure. 
I hear Hunter has been taking shots at all the people who were like ready to write off Austin Theory. No, 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 and no. <laughs> this is what I mean. This is why I'm still pissed. Okay, you know what? Continue. I know I'm not even gonna start right now because I'm just gonna okay, go okay, out okay. Right. I, 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 I know he was taking his shots in the the press conference. Whatever. Um, the match gave away one little piece. Uh, they gave away one thing in the match during the entrances. All of a sudden, during uh, so we see Bobby Lashley make his entrance, and then Austin Theory makes his entrance, and his Tron suddenly turns into an ad for Beyblade. Which personal story, really quick. My son is obsessed with Beyblade right now. It is invaded my house it has taken over my house his alarm is the beyblade theme song beyblade burst turbo i wake up to that shit every morning my house is is beyblade central right so i was only half paying attention to this entrance and my son is like it's beyblade on wwe and he's going nuts for it he's obsessed with beyblade but i will tell you my business brain went well gee you have a wrestler being sponsored in this match and I would guarantee you, no business is going to want their name on the loser. So I just kind of throw out a hunch that Austin Theory is walking away the victor in this match. Why is everyone so sh- shocked? <laughs> oh my God! We all knew it was going to happen. I know we knew, but I felt like they didn't necessarily need to spell it out so bluntly in the entrances of like, here's this wrestler, here's this wrestler. And now our sponsor presents this wrestler. Hey, check out the brand new Beyblades. And I'm like, well, gee, I wonder who's walking out of this match with the the championship because I don't think it's anybody else. Um, This was great, though. This was a whole lot of fun. I thought that uh, it was one of those matches that worked itself in a nonstop type way. Yeah, they had a little bit of those triple threat tropes where somebody falls out of the ring and then it becomes a one-on-one match and you just kind of cycle out. But I think this did a lot for Austin Theory. It felt to me like this match did for Austin Theory what... You remember 2015 Royal Rumble? Brock Lesnar defending the WWE World Heavyweight Championship against John Cena and Seth Rollins. And what that match did for Seth Rollins. And how it made Seth Rollins feel like this is a guy that can hang with two top guys, Brock Lesnar, John Cena. I felt like this match was that for Austin Theory in that he came off like somebody in this match that could hang with Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. We know Seth Rollins is the main eventer. We know Bobby Lashley was literally WWE champion earlier this year. He's a guy that uh, is a top guy in the company. Austin Theory was the odd man out here, but he came across like somebody who at multiple turns seemed like he had enough fire to maybe not be able to decisively beat Bobby Lashley, but at least take him down a peg. But this was fun. I, I liked the the um, double hurt lock spot. I liked the uh, the pedigree spot. I, I even didn't necessarily mind the finish. Granted, it made Austin Theory look incredibly lucky in that uh, we saw Seth Rollins hit his superplex into, of course, it was about to be the Falcon Arrow, but as he has Austin Theory up, Bobby Lashley spears him. And Austin Theory falls on Seth Rollins, one, two, three. I enjoyed a lot of this. Denise Salcedo, you look like you're ready to speak. And I, I just, 
I'm having so much fun just continuing to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk uh, because uh, so you were I, doing that on purpose. You're like, oh, of course ready, I was doing this on she's purpose. She's ready to burst. Yeah, no, I, Denise's face just looks like she's ready to burst. So I'm just like not letting any words stop. But Denise Salcedo, what did you think of the match? Okay, I thought the match was really good, but here's my whole jip with all of this. All right, I do. Okay. God, where do I even begin? All right, I just want to say that I think. This all happened because I feel like they don't want to have egg on their face for that terrible, terrible cash-in because it was dumb. And this happening tonight and all of this being good does not take away from the, from the, I don't know, dumbness is, is dumbness a word? No, I don't know. Dumbness that the previous, that the booking for the cash-in was, okay? I'm sorry. It was so bad. It just does not take away from this, okay? So that's how I knew that Theory was going to win because they're trying to wrong their rights here, all right? They're trying to... Right their wrongs, you Right mean? their wrongs here. I'm the dumbest one out here, okay? But the point that I'm trying... Sorry, you got me all freaking hyped up, Will. Thanks. Now I can't even okay. get my words out. I sound like, sorry. A, like a goof. All right, so... What I'm trying to say here is that it was very clear that they knew they messed up with the cash-in and they were trying to correct things. And the best way that they could possibly do it was having Theory win, but also I knew he was going to win stealing somebody else's victory. And that is exactly what we saw. And I'm not surprised whatsoever. Okay, this went down exactly the way I expected it to go down. I'm done. Exactly the way it was exact. Yeah, for the most part, like I'm not saying I knew every move that was going to happen in this (laughs) match. I was going to say that's that finish surprised the hell out of me. So it did not to me. Honestly, I was waiting for. I'm like, oh, here it is. Nope. Okay, fine. It'll be the next thing. All right. Oh, there it is. There you go. That's how I literally was during this match. I was waiting for it to happen. Okay. I, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I, no I, I, but like I said, I expected Theory to win, um, mainly because I do think that the... There was uh, no way he was just going to, like, cleanly... D- like, yeah. Okay. Pressing. Yes. Up. I don't uh, want to get, like, you know, all crazy again. I, I'm, when I get crazy, I start not making sense anymore. We got a uh, uh, we got a super chat uh, from Michael. It says the word is stupidity, Denise. Thank you. I couldn't. Think- <laughs> Isn't that ironic? I'm trying to say something is dumb. Meanwhile, I couldn't come up with the word. Hence, their meaning. I'm dumb. <laughs> you know what? At least I'm self-aware. Well, okay. Our- <laughs> well, the thing you need to be aware of is our sponsor. Let's be real. Big nasty pubes are gross. You want that tree to stand taller. Sometimes you got to do a little bit of landscaping. Sometimes you got to do a little bit of manscaping. With manscaped.com and that code FIFA, you're going to save 20% off your order and get free shipping. What a deal. And how about this? They've got a ton of deals on that site. They got a lot of bundles, a lot of packages to help out your package. But it's not just your package. It's your body. It's your hair. They got deodorant. They've got shampoo. They've got foot deodorant. They got ball toner. They got everything at manscaped.com. And when you use that code FIFO, get 20% off your order and free shipping. Just a plethora of different options. Maybe you want to try a little bit of everything. Maybe you just want to try one thing. 
Well, Manscaped and the Code Fightful will get you there. Make that tree stand taller and trim it up a little bit with Manscaped. Manscaped, use Code Fightful. All right, so we are now at the main event. The men's war games match. The Bloodline versus the Brawling Brutes, Drew McIntyre, and Kevin Owens. The story, of course, in this match, we saw a backstage segment in which uh, we needed to know where do Sammy's loyalties lie. Sammy assured Roman he is with the Bloodline. He thanked Roman for taking him in in a time where nobody else was taking him seriously. Roman gave him a hug and had this dead stare. There was no smile there. We were not sure what this meant. Was Sammy's time with the bloodline about to be up? No, it was not. So we saw the men's war games match. This was definitely more of a story-based match, Um, a lot less of what we saw in the women's match, but still exciting, still fun. How did you feel? Start with you, Denise. Oh, thanks, Will. Thanks. I'll take I'll take the heat first. I thought that this uh I liked the ending. I feel that the ending was the only thing that felt memorable to me. I think that there was a lot of action that was missing and I wanted to see more. Point blank. I thought the the action could have been better. But the ending was phenomenal because I got to the point where I'm like, damn, is Sammy really just going to do Kevin Owens dirty right now? What, like, what's the plan? Like, what's he going to do, right? I felt like I couldn't read what Sammy Zayn was going to do in this match, okay? And I've been saying throughout the night that there was a lot of matches that I felt were very obvious in terms of what was going to happen. This one, I legitimately did not know. I was torn. I had no idea who was going to win, what was going to happen, anything. And I like that. And so uh, the ending with Sami Zayn literally hitting Kevin Owens with the with the low blow, helping them get the helping the bloodline get the win by proving that he was not going to you know be in cahoots with Kevin Owens and screw the bloodline. All of that, I thought it was very very uh, it was executed very well. It was very entertaining. I I was on the edge of my seat wondering what is Sami Zayn going to do. And here's the thing, Will, and I don't know if you felt this way, but even as Sami Zayn was proving his loyalty to um, to the bloodline. I still felt that there was going to be a moment where he like completely dissed the bloodline. I don't know why, but I just I I wasn't sure what was happening, and so I love the ending of this match, and that was really the only thing that really stood out to me. Well, Denise, given that you were the one to take the heat for this one, I Thank just spent you. the last thirty seconds working on this. Uh, so can you go ahead and just position your head very quickly? There we go. Uh, no, no, no. There we are. Yeah, there we are. Denise taking the heat here. Oh, it works so well. I'm freezing for screenshots. (laughs) Thank you for taking the heat, Denise. Bro. I'll I'll add flames to that next time. How'd you do that so fast? I literally just did a Google search for devil horn. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm something nice now. No thanks. Yeah. So anyway, all right, I won't leave those there the whole show. I might bring them back at some point. 
Thanks, by the way, for making me take the heat here. Also, I already stated a lot of my opinions about the men's match when I was talking about the women's matches, just because a lot of that translated with the copy and paste stuff in the beginning. Uh, and just, you know, basically the same thing with some of the men's spots where I just really do wish that there was more a chaos involved throughout the entire thing. I don't want to see guys just like w- waiting around for their spot to happen. Yes. Um, so I, again, I, I wasn't as into the action of this match as I was the women's match because I felt like uh, there was just a lot more to prove as far as I was concerned. I was more into the story of this match, the story and the drama surrounding what Sami Zayn was going to do. Um, him hitting the low blow on Kevin Owens was definitely a big moment. Uh, the crowd was very into that and him basically handing the victory. And honestly, it was a, a pretty magical ending. The idea of uh, Jay finally coming around to Sami Zayn. That, that hug, that, that hug, it had like the you know intensity to it. There was so much there. There was so much feeling in that. Uh, I was so into it. Um, but I agree. I, I feel like from a match standpoint, it was fine. There is nothing really to write home about as far as what was happening in the ring. But um, I think it told a great story. I think it was intriguing. I think it uh, was exciting where it needed to be. Uh, I think they even started with the right two guys and starting with Butch and Jey Uso. uh, And then bringing in Sammy second so that you had to deal with Sammy and Jey tagging from the beginning. And I was I was apprehensive about that, by the way, when I was like, oh, the heel's not getting the advantage of this. Why would they Why would they do this? I hate this, right? And also, I do want to thank you for mentioning Butch because I love that Butch actually had a strategy during this and was targeting the arm of uh, the arm of uh, Jay. Uh, I love that Butch actually went in there and you know looked like he had just had war games experience, but studied war games and you know went in there with that brought that to the table yeah i i um i think butch actually was a a huge standout in this match um i actually didn't get much out of drew mcintyre more than anybody else i was thinking about who really stood out in this match and drew was kind of who i got the least out of um and you know of course roman was was there to be roman reigns i thought his exchanges with kevin owens were actually uh quite good and it reminded me that that's a match i still want to see get a fair shot in front of a crowd and not in front of uh tv screens so um this is one i would like to see again but uh just overall i enjoyed it i enjoyed the match and i enjoyed the the story in the end uh i still don't know where we're heading and when we're getting to the point of Sami Zayn and kevin owens versus the usos i still feel like that has to be the end game but at wrestlemania yeah i mean you can kick the can down the road pretty far on this but it is just fascinating that the fans don't want that the fans are still into yeah they don't want this to end i think this would have ended a whole lot sooner but they added more to it because it's like now you had now you won over jay because jay was always you know uh worried about Sami Zayn, not trusting Sami Zayn, warning Roman about him. And now you have this moment where they're out there, you know, bro hugging and stuff. It's like, come on, you know, this just got elevated to a whole other level. Reese says, gonna be tough to watch the bloodline turn on Sami. Uh, 
totally or agree. Turn on the bloodline. You never know. Maybe he's still gonna do it. I don't know. I don't. Want I to mean, I think this. I think Kevin still needs to be proven right, which is that uh, they're not real friends. They're not really yeah, his family. Exactly, and I think that the only way you get there is by having Sammy be the one to turn here. I mean, be, not be the one who gets egg on his face, so that way Kevin can help avenge him. But then again, I don't know. I don't know anything anymore because we need uh, some segments with the Rock and Sammy Zayn. <laughs> you know we you, do. I know. You know, there's a piece of me that's still on the fence. I know it's it's what no Rock and WrestleMania. I yeah. can't. Well, no. I already got my hopes up. That's it. Now it has to happen. My hopes are up. That's it. There's a couple of things. One. No, Will. I, I feel like put it out there. You got to manifest positive things. I know, but also, it's been nine years since The Rock had a real match, which is a longer gap than so when The Rock was gone in from 2004 to 2011. That was only a seven-year layoff, right? Like, and even then, that felt like an eternity for how long. Like, we never thought we were going to see The Rock again after seven years, and he came back, right? It's been nine years since his last match. And nine years ago, he got severely injured in that match. It, they couldn't even, like, talk him into another match for nine years because at that point, it was like, Rock was like, damn, I tore everything. And, uh, <laughs> and... Uh, I don't have to do this. Like, I don't have to. I am at a point in my career where I don't have to do any of this kind of stuff. And so, like, I obviously I think the right offer would would make a big difference. But I just feel like, man, he has been kicking the can down the road on this one for so many years and keeps passing the buck. And every time he's asked about it, he answers in a very like, eh, yeah, maybe one day we'll see. And I'm just starting. Just the only one thing, more. just this the, one, and that's it. The only thing that's leading me to think that it's happening is that it is November 26th, 2022. I feel like by now, WWE would have leaked it to somebody in media that he's not going to be there to temper expectations. WWE is very good about doing stuff like that. And the fact that they haven't leaked that at all tells me that they at least at this juncture still have the expectation themselves. So... Once it, I, I think once it hits, they're going to leak it to people just to get us to tell fans, look, it's not happening. Stop talking about it. Uh, we don't want to be on the hook for this. They haven't done that at all. And that's that's my inkling that they at least at this juncture think it's happening. Do Which I think it's happening? What now? Never mind. Continue on. But that's it. That's all I was saying. Okay. Well, uh, I got my hopes up, but I got my own hopes up, though. Not blaming WWE for that. I'm blaming myself. I mean, again, this is something that WWE is very aware of the things we all talk about on the internet. And if they knew that uh, fans shouldn't be expecting something, usually they'll kind of start to put it out there and have somebody leak it to make sure that we don't allow tickets to be sold on a false promise. <laughs> Well, it's not like they're going out there and saying, oh, yeah, The Rock's going to be here. And then all of a sudden, no, he's not. I think we got to learn to separate those the, two The rumor's things. been going for so long at this yeah, point, Yeah, I though. know. But again, keyword rumors. Right. But again. Now, if you choose to yeah. buy into the rumors, that's on you. <laughs> so that's if true. The Rock doesn't show up at WrestleMania 
and I'm disappointed, that's on me, okay? I only have myself to blame. Yeah. See what I mean here? You can't blame sure. anyone else for that. It's a rumor. But again, they have the ability to knock down the rumor if they wanted to. Chris says, I'd love the War Games ending with Jay but and Sammy. But why would you? Go back to Survivor Series when we they freaking moved the whole show around The Rock. Did The Rock show up for that? Did he, Will? Will, you remember everything. Did he? Did he? No, he didn't. They never once said The Rock wasn't going to come out. That defeats I know, I, your whole point. I know. I feel like that That there is... There you uh, go. I keep the getting reminded... dead. I, I get reminded of that one a lot to where I think to myself... Ooh, they did do a whole night dedicated to The Rock. They actually promoted more Rock than anything. Will, they got to sell two freaking nights at SoFi Stadium. You have any idea how many tickets those are? Yes, I do. There you go. You know what? If people want to make themselves believe that The Rock's going to be there and buy tickets for us on you, man. Did not have me in charge of ticket sales. (laughs) I know or Denise like, is like or advertising. I know Denise would let all the false promises happen. I'm she's like, Are you guys. Man. She's like, Y'all you guys think CM. You guys think CM Punk is coming at WrestleMania? Go ahead, do your think thing. Think it all you want. Uh, do your thing. <laughs> I never said it. As long as I'm not out here saying, "Oh yeah, CM." If I'm running the if I'm running the the event, as long as I don't go out and say, "Oh yeah, CM Punk's gonna be here." Hey, not on my hands. Not on yeah, my hands. that's true. We'll read these last few ones and get out of here. Uh, so we have uh, SX2AP says the men's match was all about the story. The end ring was just to help the story progress. Uh, women's match had less of a story, so the end ring had to deliver more. Um, yeah, but also like you can always just have in ring deliver because you have wrestlers who are capable in the ring. Yeah, I agree. That's a thought. Uh, but again. I don't hate story stuff, so um, I didn't mind it. I'm just saying. Uh, we also have JJP0411 says, After the show, I was wondering, if Cody isn't cleared, do they maybe have Sammy win the Rumble? It's the best story in wrestling. Why not main event mania? Uh, I don't know. Cody isn't cleared to do maybe then have Sammy win the Rumble. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I wouldn't, be op- I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I don't think Sammy's the guy to end Roman's reign. I just don't think he is. Uh, and What would you I'd do if he did? Be I happy, totally- because I love Sammy Zayn. I was going to but- say, would you hate it? No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't I just- hate it. I wouldn't hate it. No, I wouldn't hate it whatsoever. But, See, uh- there's something to that. <laughs> there is. I just don't think... I think after two years... I would want to put it on somebody that I'm confident is going to carry the company next as a top baby face. Maybe Sammy's that guy, but uh, I think a little bit more would have to be proven beyond just this angle. Cause I think this angle's over. I think Sammy's over in this angle. Um, I would wonder if he had that for the company beyond that. And I like Sammy Zane a lot. So that's not taking away from Sammy. Um, no, I get you. I don't, I get I don't you. know. I just think the person who ends this reign has to be able to run with it afterward. And who's that going to be? I don't know. Uh, Ryan Ben says, I think KO catching Jimmy's super kick helped the Sammy low blow. If it was Jay doing the super kick, I think Sammy would have hesitated, but we'll never know. Good point. Uh, we got another 
This one here is from our boy Sheldon Jackson. It says, now Bianca is the only babyface champion left on the main roster. I don't know if Theory will elevate the U.S. title or not. I'm leaning towards not at all. Oof. I mean, I don't blame him for thinking that, but we'll see. I'll give the we got to give a fair shot now, right? And not it's not everybody's responsibility to necessarily elevate a title. Just do entertaining shit. Like that's uh, how I feel. Um, Seth Rollins was great at making the title mean something again. So there's that. And so was Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley was doing. Oh yeah, yeah Bobby Lashley too. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, honestly, just do entertaining shit, and that ultimately will elevate elevate things too. And Simmons says people want to see Sammy beat Roman. I'm one of them, but also Roman's reign as champ will be close to a thousand days by WrestleMania, and he has to cross that. So I'd rather have him face The Rock so he can win. Whew. That's the other thing I'm not looking forward to about Rock versus Roman. I don't believe at any point that The Rock's even remotely going to win that. And that, in a sense, feels like a waste of my time. Uh, so, But just for the books, I'm okay. I'll suspend my disbelief. Okay, sure. I just want to see a match that I can get invested in. I can't necessarily get invested in the idea that somebody's not uh, going to... If, if I don't necessarily believe anybody's going to win. That's yeah, all. I know. I know. Uh, let's see. Denise So Pretty says, I was not surprised he won, and I hope to see more aggressive character traits from him. Definitely feeling ruthless aggression scene of vibes, though. And talking about Austin Theory. But had to make yeah. sure to get, get Denise oh. So Pretty in there. Uh, so, I think... Oh, yeah. And then, of course, D Skills H-Town says, didn't watch one second of the pay-per-view because I was out watching college football, but loved your recaps. Well, great. If you love our recaps, guess what? You can see us tomorrow morning because we're going to recap the whole ass week on Denise's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo, where we'll be on after the week, which we're on every Sunday, but this one will be on at 9 a.m. Pacific, which is noon Eastern. Same time Grapsity is on on Saturday, so I just don't have to do much adjusting, but definitely check that out. Uh, and we'll be back again tomorrow, the two of us. Anything else you want to plug, Denise Salcedo? Nope, that's it. Wow. Well, I guess I did the plugging for you. Yeah, you uh, did. And I was proud. <laughs> well, well, also, you can catch me this Thursday on Fightful Select, youtube.com slash, nope, that's actually FightfulSelect.com. Uh, on Fightful Select, I do a little show called Ask Grapsity. We didn't get to do it this past Thursday. So we're doubling up with two episodes of Ask Grapsity on two back-to-back weeks. Normally a bi-weekly show. We're going to do two. Check that out at FightfulSelect.com. You can also get all your scoops at FightfulSelect.com. Um, Sean Rossap does a great job dropping those. Other than that, folks, that's it for this edition of your Survivor Series recap. Thank you for being here with me and Denise. We will be back uh, for more content. You can follow Denise Salcedo at underscore Denise Salcedo. I'm at William RBR on Twitter. Until next time, folks. Oh, and wait, 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 wait. Sorry, I'm being alerted. Uh, BACO5 uh, sends in a... Uh, a humper chat or a super chat that says Cody versus Reigns with Rock as ref fighting Bloodline. Um, I don't, I don't just, know if I'd oh, just Rock as a ref. No. Yeah, that's just that. That's overcomplicated. I don't want. I want to have that. my cake and eat it too. Yes, <laughs> folks. Thanks for being here. This has been your review Survivor Series. See you next time. Have a great night. Peace. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.